Here's Buddy Franklin knocked away by Morris. Couldn't mark it. Naismith, Kennedy, handball out to Buddy. Buddy tackled by Morris. Oh! Dropping the ball. Boyd took the advantage and played on from inside the centre square. Boyd's kicked the goal. Boyd's oh! kicked the goal from inside the centre. Hello and welcome to the SC Playbook podcast for round 12 of the AFL season, proudly brought to you by Pat and George from Mortgage Choice SCW. My name's Eddie Dads. Uh, I'm the host of this fine establishment, the SC Playbook AFL podcast. Uh, but joining me today to help me run through all things Supercoach, we've got a massive uh, amount of stuff to talk about. We've got the buyers, we've got DPPs, uh, we've got injuries, we've got suspensions. It's just one of those weeks in Supercoach. Uh, so I've got two of the best in the business helping me out. The first is Dylan Bolch, uh, journalist at the Herald Sun, looking resplendent uh, in this moustache again tonight. Dylan, uh, what's going on for you this Monday evening? Oh, not a lot, Eddie. Just pretty busy with, with work and uni and, you know, all that sort of fun stuff. Uh, but looking forward to talking a bit of Supercoach. Yeah, there is so much. This, I, I know I say this most weeks, but this one genuinely is one of my favourite weeks of the season. The first week of the buy rounds uh, is so much fun. Um, it's really, really that chance to separate yourself that we've been waiting for for this first two months of the season. That's uh, what all the planning goes into at the start of the year. Uh, and who's, or, uh, the other person on the other line is going to help me walk through all of that strategy is the chief editor at scplaybookafl.com.au. Charlie, Charlie Dads, how are you this evening? Good, thanks, Eddie. Um, had a pretty good weekend playing uh, our first game of footy together. Um, mm. And I reckon you've already let the whole of Adelaide know that you, you gave me a pretty big spray. <laughs> I'm here to say it was unwarranted. Uh, but I'd love to hear your side of things because it, it was pretty unwarranted. Mm, yeah, had a bit of white line fever on the weekend, unfortunately. Poor old Charlie, copped the brunt of it after a pretty crucial 25-metre penalty given away in the, in the third quarter. Um, but we'll leave it, leave that one right alone. Uh, a bit of tension in the pod. Apologies if the tension comes out. Um, it's it's going to be a good one tonight. Uh, boys, one thing I want to find out before we get into everything is uh, how your teams performed over the weekend. And for once on this segment, I'm actually going to start us off because I was very, very happy with how my team went. Uh, 2,388 were building really nicely over at Explosive Duray. Uh, the rankings come in from 11K. Uh, and I was uh, coming to 11K overall, sorry, and I was 7,000th for the round. So I've halved my ranking in three weeks, which feels pretty good. Um, yeah, things feel like they're on the up. I Those little one percenters that have been going against me to start the season started going my way last week, which was nice. Took the captaincy off merit at the last minute. Um, looped Matty Johnson on for George Wardlaw. Just those little like 20, 30-point plays that haven't been going right for me so far this season. So I was pretty happy. The team's in a, feeling like it's in a decent spot. How'd you go, Dylan? Uh, yeah, it was it was okay this week. I got two, three, eight, nine, which was a a better week compared to what I have sort of been doing the last month. Uh, so that was a positive. But yeah, there's a a lot to be done with my side at the moment. It's looking pretty grim. Well, that's what all the work preseason went into. Deal. We've been discussing buy planning all year over at scplaybook.com.au, and it's uh, it's certainly going to help me out this week. I reckon I need to I need someone to tell me what to do, how to play this. Charlie, what about your team? How are they going? I scored a two three four two, so not far off you, Eddie, um, and that only moved me down a hundred and twenty or so rankings to uh, one thousand three hundred thirty six. Um, but yeah, like you, like I, I looped Maddie Johnson over Wardlaw, which um, which netted me a you know thirty extra points there, and um, out of you know a, a pretty good VC um, captaincy with uh, with Bontempelli. Um, but yeah, just yeah. those little things like my my St Kilda boys who who shone the week earlier. Um, Jack Sinclair and Jack Steele, they both combined for, you know, 133 points, which is never good. 
no, nah, that's going to kill you, um, especially when two of their, they're pretty much uniques at this point, those two. So the fact that they let you down isn't amazing. Um, yeah, it's, it's nice to see those little one percenters coming together where we can, Charlie, like just the looping. I mean, that's been a, it's been a disaster for me so far this season. So pretty happy that that's going okay. Um, yeah, maybe the tide is turning, boys. I don't know. I think buyers coming up and feeling pretty good about where we're all sitting. Also, Charlie, just quietly, I, I wonder where you'd be in the combined rankings for people who play NRL and AFL Supercoach because I reckon you'd have to be pretty close to the top. For those yeah. playing at home, Charlie, I think, what are you, 149th in NRL Supercoach and 1,030th in AFL? Uh, 163rd in yeah. NRL and, yeah, 1,336th in AFL. So yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to shoot my own horn or anything, but I'd, it's I'd pretty have to good. Yeah. yeah, well, you, I don't You'd have uh, to be... There'd be someone at Newsport that, that would be adding it up, I would imagine. Surely we'd be able to get that data. If anyone from News Corp's listening, please tell us the combined rankings. I'm intrigued. Oh, you've got me by about you've got me by about thirty thousand spots, I think, <laughs> which is pretty grim. Um, I also saw today Matt Mottram, who's won AFL fantasy before, previous winner. He's coming fifth this year. So could we see another dual winner in the in the likes of Selby? Uh, there was a bit of a chat in our WhatsApp chat today, the, the SC Playbook contributors and community about how much luck is involved, do we think, in fantasy and supercoach and especially supercoach, obviously. Um, I tend to think it's a lot more skill than, than most people realise. And I think these Matt Mottram and Selby examples uh, speak to that. What do you reckon, Dylan? Yeah, I, I think it's a combination of both. I think you just know your stuff. Um, but also at the same time, like a lot has to go right for you to, to reach those top, that top end. So yeah, I'd say a combination of both. It just can't. It can't be all. You said ninety percent luck today, Charlie. And it, just, it just can't be if the like guys of like Selby and Mottram's character um, are able to are able to get to that level time and time again. It has to be a lot of. It has to be some skill involved, right? Well, there is, but I, I think you can do all the planning that you want and. Look, you just you can't plan for injuries, um, and you can't plan for suspensions, especially this year with you know the whole tackling incidents and, and everything you just you can't plan for that and um well yeah, last that year, is a lottery yeah last year's winner um is is covering like ten thousandth or something which obviously isn't isn't that bad eddie i think you're not far behind him but mm. there's just there's so many things that can go your way and there's so many things that that can go against i think you just have to give yourself the the opportunity for more luck um like i think these guys put themselves in good positions with good planning and, and good rookies on the bench and that sort of thing um yeah it's going to be the buy rounds are really what separates the wheat from the chaff. I think last year I went from four, I went from six thousandth the start of the buy rounds to seven hundredth by the end of it. Um, like it was really the, the planning actually really worked. So I think these are the weeks uh, that can really, really get you done um, as a super coach player. Uh, boys, each week of the season, I've been we've been giving out votes for our most and least valuable players of the week. Um, and I want to start us off with my most valuable players of the week. I've got one vote for Sam Doherty. I've got two votes for Mason Redmond and my three votes this week is going to a guy, Charlie, that last minute you and I brought in ahead of James Sicily um, at, on, on Saturday night. I'll tell you what, I didn't feel great about that. Uh, <laughs> but then Tom Stewart finished off um, with an incredibly good uh, last couple of quarters uh, to beat the Giants, uh, sorry, to, to lose to the Giants. Um, but he was fantastic and, and really softened that blow of, of missing out on Sicily. So he gets my three votes for the week. What about you, Charlie? Yeah, well, I agree with you there. He gets my three votes, in fact. Um, it was the first yeah week that I've had him in. And I do remember straight after our game, I was on my phone pretty much straight away and I, I called mm. out to across the change rooms. And I was like, Eddie, this leaves on 175. <laughs> and yeah. uh, well, I don't know if I can swear on this, but uh, if need be, I can swear <laughs> out. But yeah, it was, um, it was panic stations in the uh, the Adelaide Uni change rooms. But um, It was. 
the best yeah. the best part about that was was that I, I actually forgot that I'd chosen Stuart over him in the end. So when you said that, I was like, yes, and then ha- and then quickly realised that I was actually completely in the wrong. Um, Dylan, what about uh, who are your other votes for, Charlie? Uh, two votes for Mason Redmond. Um, so yeah, similar there, again there. Um, he's had a, oh, such a such a cold patch um, through well, like round five to eight, and then yeah, last three weeks he's got a three hour average of um, of one hundred and twenty seven. So he's been incredible. And then my one vote goes to Sam Doherty. Um, oh, same. It's completely the same. Oh, well, yeah. I don't even know it was completely the same. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Well, yeah. How good's that? He's, well, he's <laughs> incredible. He's been such a good trading option, um, especially considering, you know, his slow start to the year and obviously the injury that he had. And, and he's come out and got a low score of 94 in five games or, or six games or something. Yeah, yeah, he's been great. I'm super happy with with Doherty. And again, that was one of those, yeah, one of those 50-50 calls that feels like it might be starting to turn my way. I don't want to I don't count my lunch money too early, but yeah, he's been a great trade in. Dylan, what about your the players this week you want to give a few flowers to? Yeah, so I gave the one vote to Tim Taranto, who I think everyone's got him, but he's just been he's exceeded my expectations, I think. Um I didn't I didn't think he had these one forties in him, but I think he's got three now. Um, over 140, and he, he, I actually think he's becoming a, a, a VCC option too. Um, he is, definitely. He was really sound um, against support on the weekend. I gave two votes to Eddie Ford, who I went early on. Um, oh, wow. Which has left me in a bit of a pickle this week. But, yeah, he was. He actually looked really good. Um, I, I sort of picked him purely because he was 120 grand and he was playing. But, yeah, if you can keep that form up, I think he'll continue to tick along nicely. And then, I think he's a, I think he's a must trade in this week, just quietly. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, unless something happens at selection and he gets managed, I can't see why he wouldn't trade him in. Yeah. Um, regardless of how many trades you have left, how many keepers, buys, whatever. Yeah. Ashcroft to Ford, if you can DPP that, is just a no-brainer for mine. Yep. Yeah, and or even a a, uh, a non-playing rookie. I, I've still got yep. Roberts and. Like jury, these blokes uh, that can't get a look in, uh, and then I gave three to, to Sicily. He was my uh, trading this week, well, so nice. I was pretty pretty stoked with that. Uh, and I put the VC on him as well. I went, oh. uh, I went all out. <laughs> so that was huge. Uh, that day, Arvo was uh, loving life, and then since with injuries and tribunal hearings and stuff, it's come crashing down pretty quick. But yeah, I was pretty stoked. About four o'clock on Saturday, that's for sure. That is amazing. Um, yeah, he was absolutely brilliant, um, as he as he usually is. To be fair, um, yeah, in that uh, he just got a bit more cheat ball than he normally did, which just elevated that score so much. Uh, on the least valuable player side of things, I'm going to give one to Connor McKenna, who I'm just in general really disappointed by this season. I thought he was going to be better than this um, as a super coach player. He's been fine as a as an AFL player, but just yeah, not the super coach year that we've that I hoped for for him. He's only gone up about 100k. Um, so, and he's losing, losing cash at the moment, which hurts. So he gets my one, um, I've gone with Will Day gets my two, um, just needed him to hang on as a primo for another couple of weeks, boys. And then we would have been, it would have been an easy trade up to Sicily. Um, instead, yeah, he's just, he's starting to lose a bit of cash and I'm just not sure what we're going to do with him moving forward. And then the three goes to Sean Darcy, uh, whose injury is going to leave a lot of coaches. Yeah. Just scrambling a little bit. Uh, I think, yeah, he's, he would have been in, in most coaches' plans going forward, but I think now you have to potentially have to trade him, which we will discuss at some point. Dylan, what about you for your least valuables? Yeah, well, I gave George Ward the one, so he was, oh, he was my stiff. other. Yeah, well. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I went early on him. He's an elevated price, and, I mean, if I wanted a 40, I could have just picked a bloke like Ryan Anglin, so that was a bit frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> um, the two... 
are the freaking doctors throughout the AFL at the moment. Mm-hmm. I cannot stand when you get ah oh, short term, medium term, long term. Put a freaking number on it. It's yeah. it, it really pisses me off. It's terrible. Um, it's going down the NBA path of yeah. questionable day to day. And playing NBA fantasy is so hard because the doctors just don't give you time frames. It's just ridiculous. And like it's not even a case of like one to two weeks, three to four weeks at least gives you gives you a general guide. This like what does short term mean? What is what does moderate mean? Like it's yeah. We're all just spitballing, but for the sake of your notes, you can give it to Oliver because he's the one with the dodgy hammy. Yep, love it. Um, and then I gave three to Cripps, who is the bane of my existence at the moment. Yeah, that one hurt. Carlton's shit and he's shit, and it's just <laughs> terrible. Yeah, that one really, really hurt. Two, who were you sort of potting up before bringing in Cripps? <laughs> Anyone else that's good? Liberatore, Sarong, <laughs> uh, who else? Petrarca. Oh, no. Four or five blokes who are all averaging you know, upwards of 115 and I picked Crips for 60, 60 and 70 or something to that effect. But anyway, Carl, Carl I've moved Cook. on. I'm not salty about it at all. <laughs> Just potting last year's Brownlow medalist. Uh, I love it. It's a uh, very good form from you, Dylan. Uh, now, clearly, given Dylan's state of mind, it's been a long AFL season already. And if your super coach team has been stinking it up and you've been dreaming about cocktails on the beach in Mexico, eating gelato in Rome, or not being able to remember half your time in Vegas with the boys, like Nico the other week, Pat and George from Mortgage Choice can help you get there. Uh, whatever you want to do and wherever you'd like to go, you can speak to the boys today about how you can get quick and easy access to cash at the lowest possible rate so you can book that last-minute flight today. Message them on their Instagram at Pat and George Mortgage Choice to get it sorted. You can also jump into any of the articles on the website for the email, phone contact, or QR code details. Remember, if you do mention the SC Playbook podcast, then you won't pay their usual $129 fee. So we thank Pat and George for their support as always. Charlie, before we get on to our next segment, I did want to find out your least valuable players of the week. Uh, did just slightly skip over that there, but we will jump backwards. What were your three most least, uh, three least valuable players of the week? I had, I mentioned this before, uh, one vote goes to Jack Sinclair uh, mm-hmm. for a one. Two votes goes to Jack Steele for a 62. Uh, and yeah, three votes goes to Big Shrek Darcy, um, mm. who I is a must trade. Um, and uh, yeah, that's about it. That makes too much sense to me, Charlie. Uh, gone down my Shrek route as usual. Uh, boys, when, uh, when we were sitting down to sort of think about the big topics of this podcast, there was really only one that I could start with. And it's, it's one that just fascinates me every single year is the different strategies around the buyers, how people set themselves up in the preseason, whether they pay any attention to it, whether they just put it up as a, as a random sort of number generator. Um, it's, it's a really interesting facet of the Supercoach game. So I wanted to find out how you both are placed heading into this weekend, just to give us all a bit of context. Dylan, how's your team looking? Are you satisfied with where you're at going into the first week? Uh, how much prep have you put into it? And yeah, what are you expecting over the next month or so? Well, I've always thought planning for the buyers is overrated. And every year I get to this point in time and I go, oh shit, maybe I should have looked into it <laughs> in preseason. But anyway, um, so it was looking okay, and I've since had Sicily ruled out with suspension. Seamus Mitchell might be hurt. Uh, Oliver's hurt. Roy Laird's been ruled out with suspension. Cripps is hurt. Um, are these all players you own? Yeah, these are all players I own. Jesus Christ. <laughs> and then you've got blokes like uh, Sharp. Jury, oh, Sharp's got to buy. Jury's got dropped. Davey got dropped. So... It was looking okay, and it's now looking really, really grim. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what to do. So, <laughs> how many green? How many in a best case scenario right now? How many green dots are we talking? Uh, hang on, just bear with me. 
we're talking pre-trades as well. So I don't want to, I want to know how you're looking before you, before you do any trades, if you can. Uh, uh, if Mitchell is named and Cripps is named and Oliver is named, I will probably hit 18. Okay. And that's pre that's pre-trades? That's pre-trades, yeah. Oh, you're fine. Not worried about you anymore. You'll be right. If you can hit pre-18 uh, pre-trades, I think you're going okay. Yeah, I'm, we'll hitting, I'm, I'm, hitting, <laughs> I'm hitting 17 pre-trades and I feel pretty good about where I'm at. Um, how are you placed, Charlie? Uh, pre-trades, I will have um, 17, <clears throat> but that's 18 if Sincotta plays uh, and well, 19 if, if Constable gets named as well, which he, he may well do after Rory Atkins's performance. Um, but yeah, then post-trades, uh, which we'll get to later uh, of my exact trades, but um, that'll get the number up to 19. When, when are we going to do our, our victory lap on Rory Atkins? Anyone, uh, anyone, who's, who, who's with me on the victory lap? I mean, I, you Charlie, know I'll jump at that yeah. straight away. If it's, Charlie's you know, leading the victory lap, isn't he? <laughs> Charlie's leading the victory lap. Uh, yeah, I, I just I have no sympathy at all. Um, if, if you did bring in Atkins, because this was this was a huge possible outcome. So, um, yeah, it is what it is. That's that's what Atkins was going to do when he came into your team. He was going to he was there was a big chance of him playing a couple of bad games and, and getting dropped, which it does look like he might. Um, he did get the red vest. Uh, well, it sounds like both of you are going okay. Quite frankly, um, what about the strategy then going into this week? Is this is this a time where you want to be sort of all guns blazing and using all three trades, even if you don't really need to? What's the play, Dylan? What do you what do you what sort of what sort of what's your thinking in in terms of trades specifically? Uh, I'm always wary to do too much in the first week of the buys because you're either bringing in players they're going to miss in the next two weeks or. Like he might not play this weekend, so I'm really hesitant usually. Um, and looking at my team in particular, I went early on uh, Ford and Wardlaw, so there's not really any rookies either to downgrade to. Um, so I think hopefully selections kind to me, and I can just sort of hold fire this week. What is your move with Oliver if, he, if he's not named for a second week in a row? Uh, probably hold him. I think I think there's something came out today that he trained with the main group, and he is likely to play either this week or next. I know we've seen a lot of I know we've seen a lot of weird injuries in the AFL over the years. Mm. This this is right up there in terms of weirdness. I can't work out what's going on. Has he torn his hammy? Has he strained his hammy? Has he just got a sore hammy? Like what is going on? Yeah, it it's yeah I don't know. In short, and it's it's a weird it's weird how it's all been reported. But yeah, I I, I mean if I was to have sixteen players come Thursday night, then maybe I go oh shit I've got to split him in half to just to field a team, mm. um, but. You know, if I had uh, 17 or 18, I think I'd just hold him again. The the reason I ask about trades is I'm in that position where I think I've got two trades that I have to do, um, and that's Sean Darcy out and Eddie Ford in. Um, so there's two trades getting rid of Ashcroft and Darcy. Um, but I, I'm, I'm tossing up the third and whether you just sort of burn it. Not not necessarily burn it, but whether, you know, is it is it balls to the wall time? Is it really time to sort of stick the hammer down and try and make a run over these few weeks? Or is it time to sort of just hold back and wait to see what unfolds? Because Kieran Briggs is the one that I really want to talk about later. Um, he's sort of that third trading option for me, and I imagine for quite a few people as well. Charlie, are you are you are you reckless when it comes to your trades over the buys? I am, but like Dylan, uh, yeah, probably not the first week. Just yeah, because you you are probably going to be bringing in someone who is going to miss a week anyway. I do think this year though, you can make an exception for bringing in um, like a Geelong player or a Gold Coast player. One of those yeah. guys. On the uh, yeah. the round thirteen buyer, just because there's there's not many teams. Um, 
So yeah, that, that's, that's a great call, Charlie. That's that's what I was going to say is that I, yeah. it's almost like with those gold with those um, Gold Coast and Geelong guys, you're not they're not almost not missing a game for you um, yeah. because you're going to have so many other people in that buy to cover. So I'm almost not thinking of that as a trade bringing in Jared Witts. Like it just feels like a natural thing. Um, yeah. yeah, Dylan, what do you reckon about that? Uh, my counterpoints that would be who's actually relevant outside of Stewart and Wits. I, I can't maybe Raul if you wanted a, a smoky in the midfield. I can't think of too many others that you'd you'd be looking to bring in at this point. Humphrey obviously yeah. is is one that people have had a look at, but I wouldn't wouldn't be getting him now. I think that ship sailed. So yeah, I think the, the theory behind it's good, but practically I don't know that there's anyone that we can really look at. We were talking in the SC Playbook chat today and, and the Bandit said that uh, Humphrey's been his biggest miss so far this season. And um, I think I agree. Uh, he's He's been absolutely fantastic. So, I mean, I actually wouldn't at this point be too upset if people did want to keep jumping on Humphrey. He, he looks that good, honestly. Um, I really, really rate him. Charlie, what are you expecting over the next month in terms of your ranking increase or decrease? Where do you hope to be uh, at the end of these buyers? Well, aside from this week where I've got... Um a fair amount of, of primos out, probably more than, than most people. I do like, I think I've got, I've, I've set myself up pretty well. I think I'll be able to easily cover 18 in, in each week. And um, yeah, I mean, I don't know how the rest of the, the top 1000 are. I'm just outside of that. Um, but I would be expecting, I'd certainly be hoping, I'd, I'd be slightly expecting to, to maybe jump up into that bracket um, in four weeks time. I'm, I'm quietly very confident, boys. Uh, this is this is going to come back. This is going to come back to bite me in a month's time when I've slid back to twenty thousandth overall. But feeling pretty good. Um, I said to Nico, I'd, I'd say on this podcast, "Chaos is a ladder." My favorite little finger quote from Game of Thrones: "When everything's going wrong around you, that's the time you really you can really take charge." So I'm, I'm feeling really good about the buys. Uh, I'm excited for them. Uh, if you are, if you were one of the people that's playing for league wins rather than overall ranking. I know we, we tend to cater to overall ranking on this podcast, but it's worth asking about people who are in sort of their head-to-head leagues. Dylan, what would you be what would you think you'd be thinking about if you're in that position? I think if you're looking if you can win two out of three throughout the buy period, or well, there's four buys. If you can if you can go three out of four, um, I think that's a win throughout the buy period. So you know that I don't think Making sure you've got 18 for every week is as important as what it is if you're playing for the overall ranks. Um, yeah. But but at the same Definitely. time, like, there's no good having 26 players one week when you only have 18 that can score. So it does make sense, um, I think, to try and spread yourself evenly. I just don't think it's as as much of an issue if you're um, a little bit more lopsided if you're playing for leagues. A lot of the a lot of the head to head leagues have buyers over this round as well. So if you are in one of the, those leagues, I would be seriously just not even thinking about what players are playing in what buyers and just upgrading wherever wherever you think is necessary. Even if someone's on a buy, quite frankly, like if you just desperately want to bring in, yeah, anyone who's got the buy this week, I would almost consider that if you if you are purely looking at the head to head stuff. Um, I did the next big topic I did want to talk about today, boys, was the addition of the DPPs, which have come out today. Um, always a bit of a, a calendar day in the super coach world, seeing uh, which players have added positions to their repertoire. There's only really one major one that I can see, and it's Jack McRae. Um, he adds forward status. Um, he's scored two, 145 two weeks in a row, um, had 38% of game time uh, over the first 11 rounds. Uh, his price has dropped 60K since round one. He's an incredibly cheap option. And as a forward, he probably instantly come. I mean, he instantly does come into the top six forwards. How are you going to play that, Dylan? Yeah, I, I really like uh, McRae as a pick. The, the problem is um, 
But as we mentioned before, if I'm bringing him in this week, then I'm going to miss him in 14 or 15. And those sort of seem to be the, the trickier buyers to navigate. Yeah. Um, I think it is worth just touching on the fact that Adam Trelaw's missed the last couple of weeks as well with the hammy. I, I don't think that'll affect McRae too much. Um, it feels like Caleb Daniels has been the one that sort of picked up the slack there um, in terms of midfield time. But yeah, I, I think he's a good pick. I, I suspect he'll be a top, top six forward come the end of the year for sure. The, the real problem with McRae is that he he has three weeks of playing before he gets to his bar. So if you if you decide to wait for him until after his bye, you've lost three weeks of potentially one of the best forwards in the game. And pricing as well. I, I think correct me if I'm wrong, but his break even's sub eighty. It might even be 40. forty-one. Yeah, forty-one. So if, if you do hold off, then potentially he's back around you know six hundred, six twenty uh, post buy, if not more. And then all of a sudden, like. I don't know about you guys, but I'll struggle to finish the team with, with him. I'm struggling, uh, traveling at the moment with Castro. Yeah, yeah, definitely going to be a struggle. Um, yeah, the, the, I just this this one is is really the one that there have been a lot of players this year that have come up, and I thought, oh, I really want to get them. Um, Jack McRae is is the one that right now is the time you need to jump on him now. I think, um, otherwise, I just don't know when and how you're going to be able to prioritize him over. Like my forward line is basically complete. Like if I was to bring in McRae, it'd have to be for Sheasel or something, which is such a luxury move at this point. Um, I don't think you can do it. So, yeah, I, I'm intrigued by that. Was there anyone else in the list of DPP additions that, that, that caught your eye, Charlie? Nah, not really. Probably the, the most notable omission was uh, was Max Vaughan, who just missed out by 0.1%. Um, I mean, even if he got it, I, I don't think he's necessarily a must-have. Um, like I agree. He's had an all right year and he's 118k down in price. Um, but yeah, he's only turned up twice this year. Um, and yeah, the rest have been 90s and, and he's had a 74 and an 80. So yeah, I don't think he would have been a must have. No, I completely agree. Um, the only other one was uh, was Sam Walsh. Mm. Uh, two weeks ago was apparently a lock for DPP. I, I mean, I, thank God he was literally in my team for, for most of that week. Uh, managed to get out of it at the last minute and go to Zach Merritt, who's, which has just been an amazing decision. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, a lot of people would have gone early on Walsh. Yeah. Um, well, what do you do? With... Oh, did you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, what, what do you do with him, Dylan? Well, I've just got to ride him out now and hope that he can, you know, go 115, 120 from here on in. Um, it's frustrating having him and Cripps in the one midfield, given how, how poor, poor Carlton's been. <laughs> Yeah. You've got yourself into a very funny position for a Hawthorne fan there. Yeah, yeah, listening too much to, to Carlton fans, which is never a good thing. They're always a little bit delusional, aren't they? Um, <laughs> shout out, Rain Man. Yeah, shout out, Rain Man. <laughs> no, I, I think, um, yeah, you've just got to sort of write it out. Um, in Walsh's case, he, he's not a disaster either. Like, he still scored 105 on the weekend, which isn't great and it's annoying, but it's not, it's not the 70 that you get from Cripps. Indeed, no. Um, I wonder how Rainman's pick of preseason pick of Zach Fisher is going. By the way, boys, <laughs> <laughs> not to sink the boots in. Um, sorry, Rainman, if you're listening. Um, that that was a cheap shot. Um, yeah, I think that's that. There pretty much are no other um, relevant DPPs. I think, but yeah, the Walsh one. I feel for people who brought him in. I mean, the the hope is that he can get back to that consistent 110, 120 range. I mean, he should. There's no reason why he can't, unless he's carrying an injury or something. Um, but yeah, bit of a bit of a headache for you, Dylan. I don't envy that one. Um, <laughs> bit of general chit chat that I wanted to get through, boys. Just some just some little areas that are that have been taking my eye this week in Supercoach. The first one is Sean Darcy. Uh, we have briefly touched on him, um, Charlie. You've sort of 
intimated that he's a must trade. What is the latest on his injury, Dylan? Are we looking at a short term, long term, medium term? What are we, what's going on? We're looking at moderates. <laughs> oh, wow. So they've stepped away from medium even. Yeah, Interesting. I, it's, it, they've said that he'll miss more than one week, which, wow, make it that what you will. I, I think he's a trade. Um, oh, I hate it. I, it's just the Oliver one is giving me hives. Like, yeah. trading, out, trading out Oliver last week and then him being back this week would be so hard to watch. I was watching him all season, wanting to bring him in, got him in for two weeks. And then had to trade him out, and he'd be coming back. I, I, this injury stuff is killing me, Dylan. Yeah, yeah, it's painful. I, I think I just cut your ties with Darcy, uh, moving on. I think there's plenty of other options out there uh, that we'll, I'm sure we'll touch on. But yeah, I'd be, I'd be uh, giving him the flick. Oh yeah, I will say even even if he does miss this week, and I've, I've mentioned this in my my weekly wrap today. The way that Luke Jackson performed um, after Darcy went down, and, and the plaudits that he's received from you know, media and, and all the, the Fremantle coaching staff. I, I, I can't see him not or not being a 50-50 split when when Darcy does return. Um, I just think, yeah, he held his own in the ruck and he probably won that game for them off his own boot, I reckon. You're not wrong, um, unfortunately. And I, it's one of those ones that I wish you weren't right about, Charlie. But, yeah, I, I, I'm, ag- I'm agreeing with you that I think um, Freo are clearly a better side with, with a bit of Jackson around the ball and a bit of Darcy around the ball. And the last couple of weeks, they seem to have found that balance. It is only two weeks ago that Darcy went 151 against Sydney, which we can't forget. Um, Dylan, are you, where are you on that? Are, are, you a, are you a Luke Jackson guy? Do you think he, he's actually a threat for, for Darcy's number one rock, 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 rock role? <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, you're right there. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'd, yeah, I think he is. I think Charlie uh, hit the nail on the head there. Is I'm not a huge fan of Jackson personally, um, but I'm also not a huge fan of Darcy. So, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I when you've invested so much trade wise um, on Jackson, I can't see a world where you're not investing in him now as well. Yeah. Um, and yeah. he's. As much as he goes forward, he, he might kick a couple of goals. He's a ruck at the end of the day. Um, and the problem that Freo have is that Darcy's also a ruck and he, he's not much of a forward at all. So I don't, I don't think it's viable to have two at 50%. I think one of them needs to play predominantly forward. Um, and I think Jackson's the better forward out of the two. But, yeah, come the end of the year, I'd certainly be looking at trying to move Darcy on for, for some draft picks if I could, if I was Freo. One thing I just always hate, and I think I bring it up most weeks, is when players are playing really well in a shit team. Mm. Uh, and Darcy was playing really well in a shit team for the first six or seven weeks of this season. Um, and since they've sort of reduced that role uh, and Jackson's taken off a bit, it's yeah, we've really seen that change in both Frio's fortunes and Darcy's fortunes. I think they're somewhat linked in this sense. Um, assuming he is a trade-out, though, uh, I think there's a few options that we need to discuss. Uh, I want you to make a case for a few of these guys, Charlie. So... Uh, Jared Witts, what, what what can I expect if I'm going to bring in Jared Witts? Oh, probably just consistency, Eddie. You know more than anyone. You had him all last year, and my MVP of last year. He was fantastic. Yeah, it was like it was painful to to watch him pump out these scores as, as a non-owner. Um, and yeah, this year he's done pretty similar. He's got a low score of 91, um, and he's got just like so many 110 plus scores within that. Um, a couple 130 pluses as well. He's got the round. Uh, the round. 14 by, uh, around 13 by, sorry, which is obviously the, the more favourable one. Um, yeah, I think I personally would, would say that he's the number one option um, to replace Darcy. I, I like it, Charlie. Are you worried about injuries? I mean, no, nah, well, everyone was worried about injuries last year and he pumped out 23 games, didn't he, or, or thereabouts. So I, I think 
yeah, I don't know. You can't let that play into your into your thinking too much. I think he's um, he's the best available when he's fit, and uh, at the moment he's fit. He missed rounds four and five this year through injury. Uh, he has been incredibly consistent. Only two scores below a hundred, and they were ninety ones and ninety a ninety one and a ninety four. Uh, he's just so big. It's just incredible watching him get all those hit outs to advantage when you've got him. You're like, oh, there's another one. There's another plus five, plus five. You know, he's just got, he's incredible with the hit outs. Uh, I love it. He's currently my number one option this week, I think. Uh, that buy, as we discussed, that buy that he's got is just so handy um, right now. It's exactly the option we need. What about Tim English though, Dylan? Uh, it's been painful not owning him to start this season. Uh, why should I be picking him as my Darcy replacement? I'm intrigued by the fact that you're both on on wits. Uh, uh, English is my clear number one uh, in the ruck line. I think he's. Well, if you look at the averages from here, uh, Tim English one two two point nine and wits one one six point six. So there's six points in that. Uh, but I think what I what excites me the most with English is that he has that flaw that that wits has. He's, he's got a low score of eighty eight and a low score of ninety. Um, but his ceiling is really, really sound. So he's got, uh, he's had 130s and 140s uh, and 120s as well. He's actually only had three scores below 118 all year. And does it worry you that three of the, that all three of them have come in the last five weeks? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I know... Uh, Rucks struggle against Hawthorne for whatever reason because they do. Reeves and me aren't world beaters. Uh, they also struggle against Carlton. Carlton, yeah, yeah. So yeah, there's a few few numbers there. I, I think the fact that he scored uh, 118 against Adelaide a couple of weeks back, and then 105 against uh, against Gold Coast last week, his scoring is still thereabouts. Um, he's also cheaper than Wits too, which. That's yeah. That's I didn't didn't realize that until I looked at it today. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I would have put them at fifty k apart with English in front. Um, but yeah, yep. he's, he's less than wins. Yeah, exactly uh, the other right. Thing, the thing that scares me about English as someone who's probably going to be a non-owner is he's got Geelong this week at Marvel under the lid, uh, a team that Kieran Briggs just put a hundred on at at Cadinia Park. Um, that's a bit worrying for me. Yeah, yeah. That screams one forty, doesn't it? Absolutely, it does. He's got Port and North Melbourne in their next two after that. So it could be a big, big month for, for Tim English. I like the sound of it. Jeez, oh, I, want, I want both at this point. Uh, Charlie, give me another option. What about Todd Goldstein? Yeah, uh, I wouldn't recommend this too much, but um, like you can't knock his form. It hasn't dropped below 111 since round five, I think, or round four. Um, and yeah, in that time, he's averaging 130. So he's a pretty good option. Um I don't trust his body and I don't trust his age. I reckon he's due a rest at some point. Um, and without having the information in front of me, like you've got to assume that, that Tristan Cherry is not far away. I know he had um, ankle surgery back in whatever it was, round two or round three. Um, but yeah, like you'd have to think that he's pretty close, I reckon. I don't know how long ankles take to recover from. <laughs> Just, the man's straight guessing right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean... <laughs> It's been ten weeks, so uh, that's that's a fair chunk of time. Um, I don't think there's been, for what I, from what I can see, there hasn't really been any injury update since he suffered the injury, which uh, isn't a great sign, I would say. 
Charlie's just following all of the AFL media anyway and just making it up as he goes. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. We'll put this on Twitter tomorrow. It'll go viral. Just a cherry to return. It's <laughs> Charlie Dads. Um, I don't. I don't mind the Goldstein thing. You, see, you know, it does feel like one that has to drop off at some point. Um, yeah, I don't mind. I think the other two are the clear top two options. What about if I was just feeling a little rogue, Dylan? Is there anyone else that, that sort of caught your eye at, at one of the more lower on ownership percentages? I've just found Tristan Sherry's. Uh, it's two to three weeks. Okay, oh, well, he's not far off. So, uh, <laughs> Doctor Dads is right on the money. Doctor Dads <laughs> has absolutely smashed that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I knew. It. I knew somewhere. I've, I've I've seen it somewhere. It was ingrained in my in my brain. It was it was there. Nice, well played. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> um, uh, I've seen on the run sheet here that you want me to try and sell Oscar McInerney. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and I had a look at his oh, numbers. Do it. <laughs> I had a look at his numbers, and the only only reason that you would go for McInerney is if you were you'd given up on your overall ranks and you wanted to have some fun in a head to head matchup, and you wanted McInerney to be the guy that brought you glory. That's the only reason I could see you you're looking at looking at him. I think you either pay up for a Wits or an English, or um, you look at someone like a Kieran Briggs, who I'm, I'm sure we'll mention. Yeah, this is the one that I want to talk about. I don't think we'll stuff around with any of the other options. Kieran Briggs is really, really the one that I want to chat because, as I mentioned, uh, he's in my plans for the third trade this week, bringing sort of getting Nick Madden up to Kieran Briggs, so get, giving me that that ruck over the next two weeks of the buys. He's got he, he doesn't have a buy until uh, at least a fortnight, so he's got round twelve and thirteen to play. Um, it's we're going to have obviously you'll have uh, a wits missing next week if you bring in wits. Uh, and you have Marshall missing this week if you've got Marshall like I do. So you're basically bringing in Briggs on a two-week loan. Uh, he's going to get you whatever extra points he's going to get you. He's got 109 and 102 in his only two games this season. Charlie, what am I missing here? Is this too good to be true? Uh, I, yeah, I do think it is, to be honest. Like, it's a it's a good pick. It's a ballsy pick, though. Um, it comes with a lot of risk. But, yeah, that, that break even of, uh, of negative 64 is definitely tempting. Um, he, he's going to surge up in price. Um I would only be bringing him in as an R three if you're looking to hold Sean Darcy. I don't. I wouldn't trust him as, as an R two for the rest of the year. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I just feel like if, if he's your R three and you've got two playing rucks, that's just a lot of money to have on the bench, even if it is through the buys. And like you never know when Proust is going to return um, or Flynn. And I reckon yeah, he's only probably one bad game away from from one of those two coming in and, and giving him a chop out. Dylan, you mentioned before that one of our biggest issues this season is going to be cash generation. If I bring in Kieran Briggs and over these next two weeks he makes 120K and I can trade him out of his buy to some other spud at R3, I'm not just making 120K there. Like, what's what's the catch? I think it's I think it's a good move. Yeah, the catch is that you have to use two trades to do it. So a lot of people, I've got Nick Madden at R3 at the moment, he's just 102 grand. Since there, it was meant to be a loop option, but now he's got eight mates. Um I think it is depending. On, it's a very team by team one, depending on how many trades you've got left. So if you've got, uh, I want to say maybe fifteen trades left, I'd, I'd consider it. But if you've got less than that, I'd probably hold off. We've we've seen with suspensions and injuries that players are going down left, right, and centre. Um, and he's probably only got about one twenty in him, and and you've got to use two trades to get there, which is it's usually. 150k is the, is the goal if you can do it in one trade. Uh, but given we have to bring him in and then get him out, it'll be two. 
I don't, I don't see, I don't see it as two trades. I see it as maybe one and a half trades because in two weeks' time, you're not, you don't have to find anyone to bring in for him. Like you don't have to have a good rookie sitting there that you need to jump on. You can literally just chop him for a spud. So you, it's, it's pure cash. Uh, it's, it's, it's one, it's two trades, sure, but it gets you 120k <laughs> and it also gets you another upgrade. Yeah, I was trying to think how can I rebut this, and then I thought at the end of the day you're using two trades. So <laughs> I think I think you're wrong. <laughs> no, you, you do raise a good point. You don't have to find a. Um, it's not like you're looking for someone that's playing and, and scoring exactly. well. Um, yeah, if if you do need catch, I, I don't hate it. Um, and as we mentioned before, like if you've already got Ford and Wardlaw, then um, yeah, why not? Yeah, I, I, I am personally against it just because I think, well, I mean, personally, I've only got 12 trades left. Um, I've got three more upgrades where I need to get um, rookies off and, and bring primos in. And I just want to save these trades for, for yeah, those upgrades. I don't want to fluff around too much with bringing in Briggs and then downgrading him, even if it does net me, you know, 200K or, or however much. Um, I just think I'd rather use those trades for, for a better reason. So we, I haven't actually watched the Giants game in the last fortnight. Is Briggs actually any good, or has he just come up against Spud Rucks and scored well? I, I could honestly, I couldn't tell you. All I know yeah. is he scored two tons. Yeah. Um, I need, I need to go and find a little bit more about it. Look, I think at the end of the day, this is going to be a very team news dependent move. Uh, if I even get the sniff of a GWS Ruckman coming in, and they're going to be a tandem Ruck pair or something, if I even get the, the scent of that, there's no chance he's entering my team. Uh, but if this week it looks like he's going to go in as, again, the number one ruck, uh, I think I might have to do it, um, depending what else happens. But I, I'm pretty sold on that trade, boys. Uh, I quite like the look of it. Uh, a couple other small news items to get through. Um, James Sicily gets a one-week ban. Hawthorne have accepted it. You have to hold him, right, Dylan? There's no, yep. no world in which you can think about trading. Yep, hold. Rory Laird gets a one-week ban. The Crows are going to challenge that one, so there is um, a slight hope that he gets off. You've watched a lot of tribunal stuff this year, Dylan, as part of your work at the Herald Sun. Uh, is he any chance of getting off, or is this this one week you're going to stand? Uh, I'd be surprised if he got off, um, just based on the precedents that they've, they've set. He's got there's that slinging sort of dumping motion where when Neil hits his hand, I, yeah, I'd be as would be very surprised if he got off. Unfortunately, um, but. I'd- the, the argument that I've seen the Crows are going to present is that Neil, similar to that incident earlier this year when he sort of flopped for a free kick, um, he that he had one arm pinned, but he did have another arm free that he could have used to brace himself. So I think the Crows' defence is going to be, it actually wasn't a dangerous tackle. Lockie Neal contributed to it being dangerous, mm. um, which is an interesting argument. And I think if, if, a, if, a, if a dangerous tackle was going to get off, I think this is potentially the one. Uh, but I guess we'll wait and see. Uh, a segment that I've been really excited to get to tonight, boys, uh, is what I've called Big Calls. Uh, and I want to find out, based on a suggestion from Rain Man in our chat, the, the chief over there, Charlie, has been making a lot of big calls this season. Uh, unfortunately, they haven't. some of them haven't seen the light of day uh, from our SC Playbook chat. Uh, but I want to give Charlie the chance to, to give us a few big calls uh, on, the, on the air, so to speak. So I've, I've designed this segment where he's going to give a couple of big calls for the, for the remaining sort of three months of the season. Um, and we're going to try and do it so that we have one player that you think is going to decline, uh, one player you think is going to go up over this back half of the season and one player you think is going to decline. Charlie, why don't you kick us off? Who's going to who's going to romp home over these last three months of the season? Well, can I start? I, I want to address these calls that I've made that haven't seen the light of day. Can I start with those? <laughs> I, Please. Put this out. Okay, first one, Isaac Rankin, overrated, not worth the 900K he's paid, not yep. worth the five that the Crows gave up. That's simple. That's facts. I don't, I don't 
honestly. Well, I'm, I'm glad you've done my job and discredited yourself early in the podcast. That's good. We got that one out of the way. What's the other big call? Matt Rao will finish his career with zero All Australians. I think he's peaked. His body, his body's peaked. He came into the league as a very, very bulky and fit 18 year old, similar to the size of, of those around him, um, the, the other mature ages. I just think his body's peaked. I don't know where he improves from here. He's a contested beast. I'm not <laughs> knocking his ability. I just can't see the improvement. So he's turned to eating grass. He's, he's going for improvement wherever he can get it. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. Fair to say I don't agree with either of those calls, Charlie, but I respect putting it out in the world. Um, I like it. So what have you What have you got in terms of players who are going to incline for the back half of this season? All right. Number one, well, actually the only one I've, I've written down, I think after his buy, Patrick Cripps comes out, averages 120 for the rest of the year. Mate, you. you're just wrong. Straight up, that's wrong. <laughs> what are your reasons? What are you, you just you just feeling it? What it's the vibe? What's going on? I just I just think. Well, I mean, obviously, I like him because I'm looking at him as a potential post buy upgrade. He's 114k down in price, and, and he's still got a break even of, of 123. But um, look, after his buy, he plays Hawthorne. I don't, you know, Hawthorne aren't tagging that much anymore. I think he'll come out. He'll. he'll have a monster score there, then plays Frio, who, you know, they're not that flashy. Port will be tough, and then plays West Coast and Collingwood in rounds 19 and 20. I think he's in for a huge back end of, of the year. And, um, yeah, I know. I mean, I don't know what other people think, but I, I, I don't hate it. I don't hate I'd, it. I'd be looking at him, uh, yeah, as a post-buy upgrade. The Blues just desperately need someone to stand up in that engine room if they're yeah. going to be any good at all this season. Charlie, Charlie, I'm going to throw you four numbers, right? 83, 60, 87, and 77. If he was yeah. going to stand up, surely he has stood up already. <laughs> he just needs a, re- he needs a rest still. He needs he the buy. After the buy, he's going to be great. Yeah. No, why, am just... I, why, am, why am I arguing your case for you, Charlie? <laughs> I'll argue it for myself. I don't care. He's the captain of the team. He needs to step up. Carlton, Carlton are... Uh, Honestly, they're in the worst state of any team in the comp at the moment. The, the way their fans have turned on them, I think he needs to be the one that, that sets the tone for the, for the back end of the year, and I reckon he's going to do it. We're in, full, mi- we're, we're Voss, in full microwave yeah. membership territory over in Carlton. That's hilarious. Voss will be gone by the end of the year. Yep, yeah, I love it. I mean, that's uh, unfortunately, uh, that's absolutely going to happen because they can't keep on going like this. Are you boys ready for me to blow your mind holes with, uh, with my incline player? <laughs> yeah. Mason Redmond, Mason Redmond is going to finish these last three months of the season as a top three super coach defender. Uh, he's got the second highest the second highest three round average in the comp as a defender. He's gone one three six one oh one one four four. He's playing North this week. He's going to tear them up. He's got two more games against North and West Coast to come this season. So still got two of the easiest teams on his schedule. But most importantly, boys, Mason Redmond is a free agent, and I'm not sure if you've seen any of the free agency chat going around today. He's potentially. Uh, inking himself in as the top free agent prospect, and he is going to want some dollars at the end of this season. So Mason Redmond is going to be going extremely hard. I saw today the Herald Sun reported, industry sources expect that if Redmond continues his spectacular season, he could be worth 750 to 800K per season what? as a free agent. <laughs> that, that, those are the dollars we're working with, boys. Uh, Mason Redmond is going to be holding a lot of the football over the next three months. See, the Crows should have saved their salary cap space for him instead of Rankin. I don't think they're actually going. I don't think they're actually going to get him. But I think I think he's doing very. He's from South Australia. That's that's the biggest myth. He's from he's from a town near the border. He's actually closer. He lives closer to his hometown in Melbourne than he does. If he does, he would. If he was in Adelaide, it's uh yeah, it's a myth. 
Um, he's not going to sign at the Crows. He's going to sign at the Bombers, but he's just putting a few dollars on his contract. What do you reckon, Dylan? Yeah, I don't mind that. I think you've uh, made a very compelling case there. The only caveat I would put on it is the fact that he plays for Essendon. Yeah, yeah, and, that's a fair caveat. And for well, like as much as I hate Essendon, I think they, they I don't know that they'll make finals. They'll struggle through patches, and yeah, I don't mind it though. You, you do raise a good point. He's so good. I know everyone likes to shit on Essendon players, but he's good. He's like actually really, really good. Um, do you know what's you know what sewed this up for me? This this call. I saw Mason Redmond running to the forward pocket on the weekend. He's a he's a full back, but he's, he's, he plays in the back line. He literally got to the goal line and kicked the goal on the weekend. Yeah, I Coast. saw that. That's that's actually awesome. <laughs> that he's oh, doing yeah. that. <laughs> I absolutely love it. I, I love it as a super coach owner. It's exactly what I want to see. Dylan, who have you got for for your player that's gonna that's gonna explode over these last three months? I've gone Chad Warner, who, and I haven't put a number on it like like you have where he's no, top that's three. Fine. Or, that's fine. I just think Chad Warner's a, a sneaky option in the midfield. Uh, he On the season, he's averaging 100 flat, so not really uh, anything to, to write home about. But his last three weeks have been 117, and his last five weeks have been 114. Mm. I think Sydney, uh, what are they, 10th or 11th at the moment, so they've got a, a bit of work to do in the back end. Um, low ownership. I've just, yeah, it's it's a vibes one more than anything, but I, I, he's trending in the right direction, I think. You're breaking my golden rule, Dylan, of good player, shit team. You're saying Sydney shit? At the moment, they are. I mean that's just, yeah. that's just a fact, isn't it? Like they're they're not playing good footy. I know, and and the, the excuse is they've got injuries coming out the wazoo. I, I get that, but he's playing really well in a team that isn't winning. Yep. Yeah. Okay. You. Yeah. That's valid. <laughs> I think <laughs> I'm expecting Sydney to bounce back. So the difference between Warner and Cripps is that I could, I reckon Carlton's shit and they'll continue to be shit, whereas I think Sydney will bounce. I don't mind it. Mike, I don't mind it at all. I, I think I am a huge Chad Warner guy. I think he's going to be an yeah. absolute star. Definitely wouldn't be surprised by that one. I love it. It's just uh, it's, it has a nice feeling too. Like he's had 137 this year, had 123 against the Giants. He's know. got an enormous ceiling. He's got an enormous ceiling. Yeah, kicks goals, gets a lot of the ball. I quite like him. He's just a joy to watch as well. When he's up and about, he's one of the best vibes players in the AFL, I reckon. Uh, so it's fun watching him. In terms of declines, boys, um, who's our big call for who we think is going to just fall in a bit of, bit of a hole at the back end of the season? I'm going to start us off, actually, um, and I'm going to go with Jack Siebel. Um, being one of the very popular picks of the, pre- of, the, of the early season, he's done brilliantly. He brought him in. Well done. He's been absolutely fantastic. Couldn't have asked much more from him. I just don't think it's sustainable. He's had 88 and 71 in back-to-back weeks. Now, Clarko's not at the club. Um, who knows when Clarko's going to be back? Uh, whatever they're doing, whatever the current coaching staff are doing is not involving Jack Siebel as much as it did when Clarko was around. Um, when's Clarko back? I have no idea. Uh, the Roos have winnable games coming up. They're, they've got Essendon, GWS and the Bulldogs. They need to play well in these three weeks. Otherwise, they're not going to look competitive for the next two months because they've got an extremely hard schedule. They've got Hawthorne in round 18, which is going to be their only reprieve. I think if you were, if you were coaching North Melbourne, Dylan, and you saw Jack Siebel racking up 179 super coach points in a match where your team kicked four goals and lost by 40 points to St Kilda. You, that had to be the line in the sand game, right? They, they had to have said, this can't, this cannot happen again. We can't look like this. Yeah, and it, I know Clarkson mentioned it earlier in the year and it's, I'm sure it's there's a lot of people at the club that are on the same wavelength. I think there will come a point in time where they go, right, Aaron Hall, you can stay in the twos. Zeebel, you can have a breather. Um, and they start looking at blokes like... 
Josh Goda, um, Jury's had a, had a chance. Flynn Perez is another that's sort of been um, giving games here and there. I think there'll come a point in time where you go, season's a write-off. It's already a write-off, but um, just want to buy games, uh, put games into the young guys. Agreed. Um, I, I, yeah, I just I can't see it continuing. Um, so he's my one that I think is going to severely decline. Charlie, what about you? Who have you got? I've gone. I've got a couple. Uh, I'll, I'll make this first one short. I think Harry Sheasel is going to drop off. I reckon he'll be a must trade in a couple of weeks. And, and yeah, similar to the argument that you've got um, against uh, against Zebel, I was saying yeah, coaches are, are throwing the magnets around a bit. He's not playing that that seagull role that he, that he was at the start of the year. Um, it looks like he's he's kind of drifting off a wing up at half forward, um, kind of similar to what he was doing in, in preseason trial games. Um, so, yeah, I think he's going to drop off. Um, and probably my, my bigger one, and I, I, I feel a bit dirty saying this, and if the footy gods are listening, please don't come down on me too much, but I, Zach Butters is due an injury, I think. Like, I feel <laughs> – I don't I don't want to say it. I really don't. But, yeah, I don't know. Charlie, think, you're a dirty, dirty dog. <laughs> he hasn't played a full season in his whole career and, and he's he hasn't missed a game yet this year. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I think I think the Butters train is just a little bit too good to be true. And yeah, he's probably. I, mean, I, I, I hope it's not serious. But maybe just a little niggle at some point, or you know, he cops a big bump and he gets some poor ribs. Just yeah, I can see your reasoning. I can yeah. see your reasoning, and that that's what burnt us all last year. So I'm sure we're all sort of finely tuned to those little niggly Butters injuries. So I don't mind either of those at all. Dylan, you want to bring us home with your final declining player? I had Butters as one of mine as well. <laughs> not not for the reasons Charlie had. I just think he's been he's been so good. I don't think he can keep it up. Um, but he does make a good point. He, he hasn't played a full season. Um, and I'm sure he'll break down at some point. The other names I sort of had uh, was Tom Liberatore. I, I think he's been really, really good. But, you know, Chalor's back in. Uh, McRae's fine. Bont's still there, obviously. I think there's only so many points that that Bulldogs midfield can uh, can get week on week. And I know that, you know, that they've all scored pretty well so far. But Bailey Smith, I think, will spike. Um, Daniel's still floating around in there. So he's one that... He's averaged 115, but I, I uh, think he'd more 105 guy from here on in. I don't mind it at all, Dylan. Um, lots of good options there. Charlie, you're going to have to chop up a few of those and get them on the socials. Uh, yeah. pretty happy. I was pretty, pretty happy with that Mason Redmond Red one, boys. It's one of my, one of my <laughs> best takes, I reckon. Uh, it's obviously a huge time of the year for content with the buyers in both the NRL and the AFL side of things. So just wanted to give the SC Playbook subscription package a bit of a plug on the podcast, $50 for the full package gets you access to all of our NRL, AFL, BBL content for the next 12 months. $30 if you just want the AFL version. Um, you get access to our major unlimited group prize. You get extra premium articles every single round. And most importantly, boys, you get access to our subscribers-only WhatsApp chat where we, where all of us contributors chat with you guys in the community, help you out with your teams, give you some trade advice. Uh, yeah, just chat a, bit of, chat a bit of trash in there. It's great fun. We absolutely love it. So I think that's the real prize of the subscription uh, head to the SC Playbook website if you want to get a few more details on that one. Uh, just quickly, boys, uh, we have talked about it a little bit. Um, I just wanted to find out what your plans for this week are. Charlie, what are, where are you currently sitting trades, captaincy, vice-captaincy-wise? I think trades are, are pretty simple. It's Sean Darcy out, Jared Witts in, um, and I need to get some some green dots ahead of the buyers. So Harry Rouston is uh, going to make way for Eddie Ford. Um in terms of VC and C, uh, at the moment, 
I've got the VC on Sam Doherty um, Friday night against the D's at the MCG. Uh, that could change. I don't really know. Captain um, Marcus Bontempelli against Geelong under the lead at Marvel. Um, I think he's in from Love a very depleted Geelong midfield. Yep, I love that Bont one. Um, yeah, personally, I'm going to go Darcy to Wits. I'm going to go Ashcroft to Ford, and at the moment, I'm going Nick Madden to Kieran Briggs as my third trade. I think I'm going to. I think I'm going to leaning towards Doherty vice captain Charlie. I'm also thinking of Connor Rosey. Um, could be an interesting shout. Um, Porter playing at the Adelaide Oval. Uh, who have they got? They've got Hawthorne, um, mm-hmm. which could be a day out for Rosey. So I'm almost liking him as a vice captain into Zach Merritt as a captain. Um, against the Ruse, I think he's going to absolutely chop them up at Marvel Stadium. It's going to be a bloodbath. Pretty happy to have him, have him as a captaincy off option. Dylan, what about you this week? Uh, probably no trades, purely because like I've got no Wilmot. trades. Well, I've got nothing to do, wow. right? Who, who? Okay, give me a downgrade option that isn't uh, Ford or Wardlaw. I don't think I have one. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I think I think Rainman suggested in our chat that Noah Long might be worth a look from West Coast if he comes in. Uh oh, Ned Long. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Oh, right. sorry, Hawthorne. Ned Long. Yeah, yeah, Ned yeah, Long. yeah. Um. Oh, sorry. I got my I got my longs mixed up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Potentially, if he's named, I, uh, well, I don't know how good his job security would be. Charlie, do you have any thoughts on that? Uh, I no, I don't. I don't think his job security would be any good. I reckon. Yeah. Well, first of all, I can't see him coming in to replace James Sisley. Yeah. Um. And second, yeah, the team's on a, a two-game win streak, so it's pretty hard to change a winning team. Um, you could go a week early on. I don't know how to pronounce his first name. Oisin Mullen. Uh, <laughs> Hoisin, I think it is. Hoisin. No, I'm, I'm just kidding. I think it, it, someone told me how to pronounce it the other day, and I haven't, I haven't been able to remember. It's like Wash, Wash, it's like Washin or something. Yeah. Um, something. We will get that right. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Eddie. I reckon he's uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. After five games of footy, he's already on the SC Playbook podcast. That'd be uh, that'd be hilarious. I love it. Um, yeah, there's not a lot of options. Yeah, if I if doing. I was to do trades, it would probably be Wilmot to that uh, Mullen fella and Ashcroft up to McRae. <laughs> that Mullen fella. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. why don't you do that? Why don't you do that? That sounds like a great trade. Well, well, because I think Mullen will be out next week and. I'll probably need Ashcroft when I'm getting rinsed in two weeks' time and have eight blokes playing instead of having 14 blokes playing. Haven't you heard, though, Dylan? Mullen is the, the Nick Dacos of the Irish Gaelic <laughs> Football League. Did you see that one? Yeah, I did see that. Yeah. He's got to be back, good. Yeah, he backtracked hours later, which is great. <laughs> <laughs> he's got to be good if he's the Nick Dacos of that league. I mean, yeah. geez, is. I don't know. Um, I might just fuck around and, well, pardon the French, I might just take them out and... Uh, <laughs> And what, about cap- what about captaincy and vice captaincy? I had Bont as captain. Uh, vice, sorry, Bont was vice, and at the moment I've got Taranto as captain. Oh baby, we love it. It's his old Did- team. Yeah, guys, that's to be honest. I looked at my team right. These are the names I have to pick from: Sam Walsh, Patrick Cripps, Rosie, <laughs> Cornelio, <laughs> Green, and then I've got Dacos, Stewart, and Dawson. I can't just, go Stuart because I've got Bont, so it's only really it could I got I don't like Dacos as an option. I think surely I, O'Neill tags him. To mm. to quote Stevie Nico, overall runner up in twenty twenty one, verbatim from our chat. <laughs> only just realized Taranto kicked four and still didn't get hundred and fifty plus. He's never a captain option. <laughs> he yeah, wasn't I, happy. I thought that was harsh. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. Straight out of the Clan Corns mold is Nico. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, as Bannett replied. 
yeah, one fifty is still good. Just need to pick him on a week. He has a good matchup. Yeah. So and he also had ten t- turnovers from thirty three disposals. So but, I think he's I think he's got a high ceiling. Yeah. Hey, maybe I'll go back and give Cripper the vice if he gets up. But it's oh just my god, back Charlie in and hope that he uh, stands <laughs> no, up for his club. I didn't say this week. I said post buy. You can he'll he'll score shit this week and for the next couple, but. Post by you could slap the VC on. I'll probably text you within twenty minutes of that game starting on Friday night, Charlie, with an abusive <laughs> message about how Crips is so shit. <laughs> I love it. Uh, now, boys, each round of the season we're going to be producing exclusive SC playbook, playbook markets of our own through Better, um, and we're extremely excited. We've now got access to integrating official AFL fantasy markets on Better. Um, if we, if when you, if you do are keen on that exclusive market, we tend to put it up later in the week. Um, Charlie puts his uh, his time and effort into that one. It's usually pretty good. We've had a couple of really good um, SC Playbook multis over the last couple of weeks. So if you are keen to follow along, uh, you can check back into any of our articles at scplaybook.com.au. If you do sign up through that channel, it would be greatly appreciated because it lets better know that we sent you. Um, It's important to remember that you win some, but you lose more. For free and confidential support, call 1-800-858-858 or visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Uh, boys, that brings us to the very end of the podcast. Uh, an hour of fine quality, as always, from the two of you. Um, really appreciate your time this evening. Good luck to both of your teams to start this buy round. Uh, and we'll be back with the SC Playbook AFL podcast this time next week.